The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you for tuning in. Before we get into the interview, I would be honored if you would consider going to thepaulleslie.com and clicking support the show. There are quite a number of things I want to accomplish with the Paul Leslie Hour, and you can help me get more of these interviews out there to the masses. It only takes a moment, and it makes a world of difference. Last but not least, tell someone about the Paul Leslie Hour. Let them know in whatever way you can. And now let's get into the interview. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present the return of the amazing Kreskin. He is a mentalist. He is an incredible showman, one of the entertainment icons of our time. And he has a new book out, which I am holding right here, The Adventures of the Amazing Kreskin. And let me tell you, I've really, really been enjoying this because it's a very unique experience. In addition to the writing, there are throughout not only photographs, but there are comic. There are comic strips, and I have felt for a long time that comics are one of the premier communication methods of our time. You can convey so much with a comic strip. And so, Kreskin, thank you so much for coming back on the show. My gosh, I, I was just about to sell you my book, and you've got to come. I'm only kidding. It's good <laughs> to see you. It really is. By the way, it's uh, I think it's very appropriate, uh, Paul, uh, uh, that you mention comics, because with the breakdown of our culture today, and as you probably heard a, a, a day or two ago, they started editing Dr. Seuss comics, you know, and uh, I read every year the uh, – uh, uh, the uh, I guess it's the misadventures of uh, what is the, the title of the book, Deb? <laughs> Doctor, Su- the Five Hundred Hats of Bartholomew Cummins. I read that to a, a, a class. This this year we couldn't because it's, of course the schools were closed in so many areas. But uh, he's a legendary figure, and uh, now six of the uh, six of his writings books are not going to be sold because they felt it was anti something or another. And I, I love this kind of crap because uh, I don't mean to say that the people that are accusing the books of uh, that it's crap. I think that they're just, they're just stupid, asinine, imbecilic, and slightly uh, weak-minded. Because <laughs> if you look through the cartoons in history, there have been all kinds of characters. And they've been painted white, black, green, slanted eyes, what have you. Some had two heads and what have you. Although I understand now they're going to, our government's going to pass a law that we're not allowed to give birth to children of more than one head because they felt that that might interfere with the, uh, and of course we can no longer call them uh, male or female. It's a, another situation. <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's a shame that c- cartoons are being criticized and now the Disney cartoons as well because these caricatures are part of the flavor of our culture that we can look at things in very strange ways and and not be critical of them we're in a we're in a crisis situation right now i have to tell you and i'm sure you've discussed it before and i don't want to belabor it but it's sad because i i uh, 
love cartoons. Cartoon was one of the great influences in my my life with Mandrake. And I owned 200 of the classic cartoons, original copies of them, sent to me many in many cases by the authors and what have you. So I, I prize them. Well, I, I can tell you that the book is, is a success. I was very much enthralled. It really, really pulled me in. And it's wonderful to see you in in living in living illustrated color it's well you know what the, the uh, uh, what, what what made it so special is howie noel's a very fine artist I've, I've done i've not done collaboration books there's been one book the interviews with creston that has a, a sec just one sh- little chapter dealing with cartoon uh, facsimile of an incident in my life but he contributed in so many different ways and his paintings are really uh brilliant and, and by the way, uh, some parents have told me when they've sat, Paul, and read the book uh, with their kids sitting next to them, and the kids may not still be able, uh, old enough to read and what have you, the pictures make it all the more fascinating. Of course, one of the dramatic pictures in the book, as I'm sure you it dealt with uh, uh, one of the features of my career, and that is in all my shows, my check is hidden uh, <laughs> by my, I, I turn my fee over to the audience, whether it's a private affair, a corporate affair, a Minnesota State Fair, 10,000 people outdoors, what have you. And then I'm sequestered either out of the theater or in uh, when I did it at a private pub, uh, producer's home here in New Jersey, they drove me in a car one city block around and then brought me back to the house. But what happens is my check is hidden anywhere within the confines of where I'm performing. And as, as I've explained to you, if uh, the committee concentrates on what they've done, there's no questions they ask. If I don't find my fee, I don't get paid. It goes back to the company that booked me, which is a hell of a way, Paul, to make a living, as I think you'll agree. But one of the dramatic moments, and talk about a fellow capturing it, and it's in one of the center parts of the book, is when I was at a theater in the Midwest and the university had the show in an old theater that they often used to put on productions or what have you. And because we had a large audience, they decided to use this old theater that had balconies. And, you know, Paul, years ago, as we see in some of the old movies, uh, theaters had on the second level booths that were at the edge of the uh, sitting and people could rent the booths and be literally sitting, looking at the stage extended out away from the second level of the balcony per se. And here, when my check was hidden, and picture what I was going through my mind, Paul, I came back in the theater, the committee does not talk to me, and I'm walking through the downstairs, and I remember in the case of, uh, of uh, Carnegie Hall, I ended up on the sixth balcony, but here I'm walking to the second balcony and I come to one of these booths where there's six or eight members of the family or what have you that have rented and are watching. They're slightly jutted out. And there were rods sticking out of the booth over the audience. And I realized they had spotlights on them in order to illuminate the stage since it was an old fashioned theater. And like a fool, and I mean a fool because I'm not a great fan of heights. I thought, I'm getting the impression that the check is at the end of the pole, which was like five foot out over the audience. 
and I wanted to reach out. And what happens, Paul, is I topple out of the booth. Mm. I'm one story over the audience, so um, it's like a death knell. The audience starts screaming like anything. People start standing up. And if it weren't for a man that was sitting in the booth with his right hand, he swung it into my tuxedo. And don't you know, he caught my belt because otherwise I would have gone down, as you can see in the drum drama, the way I'm hanging there. He caught my belt, and there I ended up swinging in the air until the emergency people came and others came and carried me off back into the booth, into the dressing room, and laid me down on the, on the floor there where they called a, a, a specialist, a doctor in. And I kept saying, i got to go back on stage. They said, oh, you're not going back on stage. I did go back about 20 minutes later, they found a, a big broom with a large base to it, and I put it under my arm as a crutch. And I walked out on stage, and here this sold-out theater. Only eight people had left. They waited for those 20 minutes to see how I was, and I did the second hour of my performance. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see from the cartoons. That, that by the way, I no longer lean over booths in theaters. Even if you were paying me top dollar, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love the way the book shows all these different things. There were many times I would be looking at the comic illustrations and, and the, the dialogue and whatnot that went along with it, and I would say out loud, I'd be reading it in my room, and I would say, ah. <laughs> well, can you, can you imagine something I will never do? Uh, I mean, I would never do in, all, in everyday life, and how many people, including uh, police, have said, Preston, you were very foolish to do that. A, I came up to, I was walking through the theater. It was a, uh, it was the gymnasium in a university. And because it was a crowd, it was family weekend. There were a couple of thousand. So they had it in, in the gymnasium and people were sitting on the floor of the gymnasium and the bleachers. And I walked down, I put my hand on this gentleman as a suit. And I bring, I said, would you come to the stage? The stage was a metal piece built because it was not a theater, it was a gymnasium, so they had a stage built for me. And as I'm walking to the stage, I mentioned something about a gun, which I thought, that's strange. He's not, obviously, he's not a policeman. When I get into this little stage area, I turned to the audience and said, you might have opened your jacket. He says, if you're very careful, Kreskin. You open the jacket. Turns out he was in law enforcement. He was a plainclothesman, and he was wearing a, uh, a shoulder holster, and I said, can I take this gun out? He said, if you're very careful, and as is pictured in here, can you imagine my taking the gun and turning the barrel towards my eyes? So I'm looking at the barrel of the gun. They had taken tweezers and shredded the check and fed it down the barrel of the gun. Hmm. So uh, uh, needless to say, they issued a new check at that point. <laughs> but as people as, as people say, you just don't fool around and look at the barrel <laughs> of a gun that's aimed towards you, you know. But so 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 the book the book has had incidents through the years because my life my life is really red. Uh, I have to tell you, Paul, as we talked about various incidents in the past, like an adventure, and uh, I have to tell you something. Uh, I want to mention. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to, to tell you about this, but every Thursday, people can turn on 
a video that I produce that goes on at eight o'clock New York time. Uh, you can, you can access it. It's called What's on My Mind. And I share with my, uh, audiences around the country, uh, something that I'm thinking about or want to comment about. And by the way, if you want to go to see what's on my mind uh, tonight, you go to youtube.com and type in T.A. Kreskin because each, each week I discuss something regarding my work or something that's controversial I feel I can contribute to. And in tonight, uh, I'm very, very excited about this because I showed two books that I did not write. But the woman who wrote it wrote the books about her life and her memoirs, all dealing with the cats that she had through her entire life that she came to love. And since I have four cats, I love animals. I think you're going to find this fascinating. So uh, this is called, it's called What's on My Mind. And some nights, some weeks, it's a little bit different than other weeks. But tonight, I, I wrote it with a heart of gold, I tell you. Okay. I did the, I did the video. I didn't write it. I, I did my video about it and my commentary. So I thought folks might be interested in that. Now I got something uh, very, very special to announce. Uh, uh, Paul, and uh, this is only the second stanza of it, and I wanted to share it with you because I know you. I knew you would appreciate this, but uh, we are at a critical period in the history of the United States of America, and I, I want this country to remain with its first title, United. Although there are groups, obviously, that are trying to break down that title. I mean, we're being edited as to what we can watch in cartoons. We're being edited on movies that we can watch. Some of the movies are now being erased and what have you. We're being edited on how many people can go to church with us in many states. Uh, that does not edit how many people can be in a riot. There's no time, there's no limitation there. But yeah. going to church or, and then what the greatest mistake one of the greatest mistakes this country will, and we're going to pay dearly for it, dearly. One of the greatest mistakes of all is that we shut down schools for one year. And as you know by now, psychologists just yesterday, they said it's now 30% of, uh, of young people up to 18. I saw it in terms of suicide because of the loneliness and what have you. And it turns out that most of the illness, this terrible disease, did not come through schools. Uh, Florida has never closed down the schools. Florida has not closed down the theaters. Florida has not closed down the restaurants. People congregate. They, they wear masks and what have you and are careful. But, um, uh, and I don't want to go into the real reason. The real reason is not the disease. It has nothing on the face of the earth to do with the disease. They, I've been asked they said, Kreskin, we'll pay for it. We'd like to take a full-page ad in the New York Times just of your commentary. We'll pay for it, but I don't want to put it in the New York Times. No, I don't want to do it in that way on how things are going to change and what have you. But the real reason why there is a desire to keep the certain cities down another year, even another two years, 
is something that we're learning more and more about called money. And I will not go into it now, but money. And by the way, I, I've said it before, and I want to make it clear, I have nothing against politicians. I just wish that most of them had been the Titanic. But that's another story. It's not a prejudicial story in any, in any way, shape, or form. But our culture has changed. So what I've decided to do because of the impact of the loneliness and the lack of communication that has ensued in our culture is uh, I've offered to, uh, and tickets, the last one uh, it was done last week. And I, I, we're going to, we have one coming up now. If people want to make a note of this and look it up on, on the, my internet or on the internet, it's going to be March 26th. It's called the Kreskin Experience. And the people who purchase tickets, because when they purchase tickets, they're going to be supplied with certain materials that they will have in their position at home when they participate with me. Since we can't have theaters in many areas or congregations, I will do it from my home and the people at home will do it. It's going to be done live. You can't take this and experience this. Don't buy a tape of this and attempt to make it work. No, you have to do this live. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach within the hour certain techniques that I've evolved and taught privately in, in private corporations. And in the eight years in my teens and, and, and uh, 20s, when I had the time to have a private office with a clinical psychologist, I taught people privately, but I'm going to teach people certain techniques which will enable them to expand in their thinking and also to get a second opinion. Because a second opinion is very important. I've read over a thousand biographies. And it's fascinating when you read these biographies that some of the most successful people who've had failures still have risen above them because they found a second opinion. And that second opinion is your unconscious mind. Mm. No longer sitting back and reflecting on meetings we've had, love affairs we've had, inter, uh, intercessions in business situations, momentarily occasions that, at, at, that where we met a person for the first time, we're not reflecting, so we're not learning the full picture in life. And I'm going to share some of the techniques which people will be able to use the rest of their life. They're not miraculous, but they practice this each day, and they've got to put time in. They're going to, have to put time in each day. Once they access these techniques and learn a bit about them, I want them each day to put the time, to put at least two to four minutes a day in. If that's asking for too much time, then folks, please don't order tickets for this. I'd rather you decide to set aside this. And I think it's something we all have to give back in some way, uh, Paul, for our successes. And I think that this is in one way I can be of some aid and some I've worked on 86 crime cases in my career with police. I've only been able to help with about a third of them. But uh, this is something very personal. And each of the individuals will be experiencing this with me. And the last one I did had people in Canada as well participating. 
uh, I think that you'll have a tool, a set of tools that you'll be able to use from now on. All right. That sounds very, uh, very fascinating. And people will be able to find out about this on your website. Yes, Paul. Yes, they will. They have to, when they get the tickets, they, they must get the tickets because, and then that's, that's, that's why the next one is not that far away from now. It's March 26th, but the ticket sales are going to end in a, a couple of weeks or what have you, because they must get a small package that comes with the tickets because a couple of certain tools in there, it's very simple, that they must have in their hands when they participate with me. This is a highly personalized experience. And this, these tools, by the way, and I will tell you this, and I will not mention names because you recognize some of these people as being rather famous, and they, it's, it's a very private thing. Unless they decide otherwise, I would not make it known. But uh, one of these pieces, uh, some famous people have carried in their right jacket pocket and intend to the rest of their life. So uh, the, to, oh, to purchase the tickets, I'm sorry. I should say how. It's, oh, forgive me, some mentalist, Paul. You know, my secretary <laughs> just reminded me. Uh, I want you folks to know that I... I didn't have breakfast today, but, and they, they tell me that my psychiatrist, the three of them I see every day, says there's not that much brain damage. No, I don't see a psychiatrist. I'm only two. <laughs> but to order the tickets, go to, go to Evan, Evan, Eventbrite, it's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. Event, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. And that's how they can obtain the tickets. And I, I appreciate the people who contacted me and expressed such enthusiasm, but I really feel very good about this, Paul. I really do. And I'm not going to belabor it any further, but it's something I've felt has been due for a long, long time. And maybe now it's the most appropriate time because we've got to move in on with life. And, uh, and by the way, all of you listening and do yourself a favor each day, try to call if you can't see people, try to call someone you know and just spend a couple of minutes uh, listening to what they're saying and respond in some way. But keep, let's not break down all our contacts with people that we're close to, if you know what I mean, Paul. Absolutely. Very important. Well, I should tell you, just a couple days ago uh, at night, I watched the movie The Great Buck Howard. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait, Paul, you're not going to believe this because I have, as God is my judge, I swear to you <laughs> something I want to make sure I bring up. And it's the last thing written here, and it is the great Buck Howard. And here you brought up. Do you read thoughts on the side, Paul? Because, oh, my God, am I going to have a partner on the stage these days? <laughs> Did you watch it, Paul, with, with John Malkovich? John Malkovich, who is, I should tell you, he is one of my all-time favorite actors. He is exceptional. And the movie touched me very much. Well, I got to tell you a little background story. Tom Hanks, who produced the movie, as you know, was written by, it's not a biography, but it's written by a person who worked for me. And, and, and uh, when, when the movie opened on Broadway a few years ago, uh, 
we were doing we were walking the red carpet and when i got to the end of the red carpet hanks hugs me and says he, he said this very privately even though there was a crowd of reporters out watching so we quietly says Kristen, thanks for letting my son play your your your, your road manager but at the same time the uh we're now talking later. One of the nice Hanks is one of the nicest persons you can meet in the business. And he says, I want to tell you now, John Malkovich, as you know, Paul plays me. Right. And, uh, and, uh, Hank yeah. says to me, Hank says to me, uh, I want to tell you the good and the bad side about making the movie. And I thought, this doesn't sound like Tom Hanks, good and the bad side. I said, okay, what is it? He said, well, let me tell you. He said, Malkovich, watch days and days and days and days of television appearances. You wanted to get your mannerisms down, your movements. I said, yeah, it was remarkable. He says, now let me tell you the negative side. <laughs> he says, Kreskin, so help me God, for three solid days, John Malkovich spread, spent most of the day going up to each of us and for three, four, five minutes, shaking hands with us the way you do. We needed a chiropractor when he was finished because he was, he says, it's exactly the way you do. But it wasn't a one minute handshake. It went on and on and on. He says, that was the difficult side of it. And you know, he does have that handshake in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> great, great movie. It touched me very much. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I and I appreciate, and he was very quiet. Uh, Malkovich was very, very quiet, and, and and Hank said he probably, I said, I hope he didn't feel guilty of the way he was playing. He says, no, he's very self-conscious and what have you, and was very concerned that he got every, every emotion. I said, well, I'm glad you folks will never forget me and send my best regards to your chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, isn't that ironic? That was something I was going to bring up to you. Yeah. I tell you, life <laughs> life is fascinating, and I I I just have a feel, I've always felt that some of the major coincidences in our lives were not mere coincidences. They were they were when we when we have got three or four or five minutes. Left, I just want to tell you a quick a quick story if we have a moment. But I, I didn't know if you yep. do or not. Do we Absolutely, have I have all the time uh, you need. Well, I just uh, have to tell you uh, this wasn't in the book, but. Something that, that happened in my career that I can't explain. Uh, I lived in uh, uh, not far from where I live now, and I uh, was early in my career, and I'm traveling a great deal. But my road manager wasn't with me this particular day. I don't know the reason why, because this was early in my career, like by 50 years ago, 40 years ago. So I drive my car to the Newark airport, and uh, I did. Oh, oh, I overslept. And I don't oversleep. I, I can go to bed at four in the morning and be up at six uh, alert and what have you. But for some reason, I overslept. I got up. I hardly had any breakfast, raced to get my car, drove to Newark Airport, which was we were flying out of mainly in those days, and took a detour, which was stupid. I, I should have taken the way I'm used to. But I was by myself, and, I, and it got delayed further. So I get to the airport. In those days, you parked by yourself. You didn't go through security. And I ran through the grounds. I was outdoors into the entrance. And with my two suitcases, went up to the desk. They knew me immediately because I am always fly was always flying out of that airport. And they say, Kreskin, you better hurry. Put my luggage down. I put my ticket through. Ran to the gate. You didn't have to go through security. 
and got to the gate in time to see my plane taking off. When I walked back sluggishly and saddened and came to the counter, they said, Creston, we know how you must feel. Your luggage went on its way, but we can get you to your location in New York State uh, by a connecting flight. And I said, okay, let's go through with it. So I got on the plane. I flew, landed in the town that the uh, other plane was going to land in, but not that I was getting off. It was just the people. some people were connecting there. But my flight, forget about it. I, I, I went on this new, connected on this new flight and went to my destination. Of course, now I'm at this nightclub, which is sold out. But my clothes were not there because my dress clothes were checked. And part of my luggage was checked there, too. And now I'm due to go on. And as I'm hearing myself being introduced, there's a knock on my dressing room door. And I'm thinking, strange, because I'm going to, they just introduced me. And I turn around, and the door opens, and in walk police. And the police say, you're Kreskin, aren't you? I said, yes. They said, Kreskin, we checked by seeing on your, whatever it was, the luggage, where you were going. Uh, we knew, uh, we found out, we called your office. That's what we did. And they said, you were here. Here is your luggage and your clothes. It turns out the plane that I had missed crashed in an airport mm. in New York State. And to this day, I don't miss flights. It's interesting, whatever made me miss that flight. Wow. Mine does some very dramatic things at times. And then it enables me to talk to some interesting characters, like a certain person that I'm speaking to right now, whom I enjoy. I always enjoy communicating with, I'll tell you. <laughs> if we can't, Paul, if we can't laugh in this day and age, we're in trouble, you know? That's true. That's very true. Well, Kreskin, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, I just want to ask if you can tell us maybe just one one thing about somebody who passed away. He oh. meant a lot to you, and he meant a lot to me. He did so much for communication and broadcasting. And uh, as you said, I, I think you you called him on your website something like the one and only, but... I'm talking about Larry King. Larry King was a very, very special man, and he was a very kind man. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, there's something interesting quirk about his personality, even though, of course, <clears throat> he had all kinds of guests, and I did many, many shows with Larry King and what have you, but he didn't try. He, he didn't seem to have the adversarial quality that a lot of interviewers and I'm not I'm not being against them but a lot of interviewers have in covering a story or what have you he gets to the story and then he'd ask and, and listen and try to get another a, a commentary on it that made it even more interesting he was a very kind man and he thought kindly of people that he dealt with and you felt it when you were around him <clears throat> I felt it when I would take walks with him because sometimes we'd walk to a studio a very, very gentle man who listened, listened remarkably, and also listened to what he read about them. Because when you said certain things to him, it reminded him of an anecdote or a story like you mentioned things to me that you read in this book, and he'd bring them up. He was, <clears throat> he made you feel 
like he was part of your life and in his own way, Larry King was. one A rare person, a rare in this business, and had a heart of gold. Thank you for sharing that. I I, I concur. He, he has contributed so much, and he will be greatly missed. Well, the amazing Kreskin, it has been great to communicate with you again. You brought a smile to my face yet again. I, I get such a, a tremendous energy. The last time we spoke, I, I feel like I carried some of your soul with me for weeks. Well, well, listen, listen. I, I, I share, I share the rapport that we have, and uh, as I've said many, many times, I never say goodbye, and I mean this sincerely. In the spirit of broadcasting, to be continued. <laughs> Wonderful, ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Kreskin. Goodbye.